Good morning, Faith family. Uh, I keep forgetting that I need to acknowledge some random person that's happened to be listening to this on podcast. Glad you are here. Uh, I've listened to it uh, a few times. Um, Not myself. I haven't listened to myself because I'm always somewhat apprehensive of what that sounds like. But I have listened to uh, Brother Dave and Tim as they shared. And, uh, and I was listening the other day. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you should be more aware that there could be some random person in Yugoslavia listening to this. So if you are listening from Yugoslavia, I'm glad you're here. Um, and I hope that you will be challenged and encouraged uh, through God's holy word. What, uh, what makes you mad? makes you mad. Oh, I already got some eyebrows raised here. What, what makes you mad? Um, I, I, will, I will say this, that I, being and living around y'all for the last couple years and, um, and being there through some, some heavy times at times, hard times and difficult things and tough conversations, um, I'm really, really glad that y'all are uh, in my corner. Um, and y'all have done a super good job of just, for the most part, keeping, keeping that anger down, that it's not really seen. Now, um, I, I will say that there is, um, there is this thing that, that um, perhaps, maybe from my upbringing or whatever, that I generally do a pretty good job. You know, if I'm upset about something, um, usually the world doesn't know. Um, but my family knows, um, and my wife knows, um, and, and there have been times, and, and most importantly that God knows, and there have been times that, that something has happened, and I have been really frustrated with it, um, but I don't know that I ever thought I, was, I had an anger problem. Like, what is an anger problem? Uh, it's always somebody else that has the anger problem. Um, but it really made me, it really made me um, kind of do an inventory the last couple weeks doing a, um, a study here on a couple guys who got angry and, and the results of that um, are very, very weighty. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about anger this morning. The title of the message is, Why Are You Angry? Um, to, to start this off, there, there have been... Uh, there's been a few, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to try to say this be the last time I say this, because of a statement I'm going to make later on uh, this evening or this later on in the sermon. Um, but but we've kind of had a tough year, right, babe? We've kind of had a tough year as far as things not going great. It's not been extreme, um, but things are breaking down in the Orndorff household. Um, it, it, it's almost become a joke, like, but I'm, I'm kind of frustrated with it. But something will happen, I'll just, oh, here's another one. Um, and uh, um, between the air conditioner, the vehicles, our vehicles are killing us this year. Um, our water here, that's a fresh one, which now has a swelled up floor around it. Uh, Anyways, there, there's been some things that have happened this week, and, and uh, as I'm thinking about this, I actually did laugh the other day, uh, yesterday, um, tried to, it's, and this is, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really brutally honest with you on some of my feelings that I've had, uh, um, hopefully that you all can help call me out if you see this at some point, but 
of just recognizing how anger and how being upset and frustrated with life and whatever it might, ha- might be, how that ties in with the way I communicate with people, um, and then also um, the things that I justify, and also um, the things I try to make myself better in. I'll give you an example. So yesterday, um, and I can say this because it's... Uh, um, you're not supposed to do things. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to stand on a street corner and tell everybody that you're tithing and that you're you're fasting and all that stuff, right? That's a Pharisee thing, right? I'm telling you this because I was the 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 tax collector that smote on his chest and couldn't even look to the sky because he was embarrassed about himself. Um, yesterday, the school had a cleaning um, at Ch Friend. Did not want to go. Did not feel like this was coming together for me. Um, and ultimately, it still comes down to my priorities and how I was going to do it. I wanted my Saturday. And they're like, no, it's, I kind of forgot about it. Benita reminded me of it. And like, well, she's got market, so I'm going to go over there. I'll go over there for a couple hours this morning. Went over there, did a bunch of mopping. There were a few people there, but the number of what was dwindling. And I'm like, I'm going to be one of them people that I, I'd said I'm going to leave at 12. Um, Anyways, but I, I thought, well, I go, I stretched it out, went a little bit farther, said, see, God, I, I provided, I, I, I helped out for a whole other extra hour than I was going to. Get home, and I just sat down, like, hey, we're going to start pulling this together, and as I, what, I'm not sure how it was, but I walked by, the, by the, the closet, and I'm like, the floor feels a little weird right there, and then Bonita came through and felt a little weird, oh, and he was opening the door, and here the water heater's been leaking, and that just, you know, that's a whole other thing, but you know what my first thought was? I said, God, I just gave up my whole morning. Why are you going to do me like this? That's actually what I thought. Like, what, why, why, is, why is this? And then my second thought was, here's another thing that needs fixed in this household. And, um, and I don't know that I lashed out angrily, but I was super upset. Um, two weeks ago, I think I, I already told Scott about this, um, so he's already heard this story, but was trying to finish up this project, just about done, had some glass, it was, a, it was a nice tile shower, had some glass that was going in it, just, just wrapping up the project. Last thing, pretty much the last thing I was doing was hanging this glass, um, went to drill uh, a hole through the glass after, this is probably about the eighth hole, and something happened, my bit caught, shattered my glass, uh, not my glass, thank goodness, actually that's a good thing, broke my tile. Um, the tile shower had been done for a couple weeks, just waiting on this glass. And I was probably the maddest I've ever been in my life, that I was upset. And I, and I, and I got to thinking later, like, what was, why was I so upset about this? Was it just the, all the different things that are happening, just building up? But I, I literally, I walked out the room, and I've never, I've, you know, I've never, I've never felt that angry. Just straight mad. And I had to walk out, and I literally went and sat down on a bench for a little bit, for about 10 minutes. And just went like this. I, I, I was so frustrated. And you know, the funny part about that is that, well, not the funny part. Ironic part is that even though that job is totally done, it's off the books, got paid, everything's great, I fixed it, it only took another day to fix it, I'm still mad about that. I'm still, I'm still frustrated about that. And I don't know that I've ever been like that in my life. And so that, obviously that's probably some of the reason why these thoughts have come out. Um, over the last couple weeks, um, and, and, uh, and, and here it is, birthing a sermon uh, of, 
uh, out of perhaps frustration, but also trying to make a really intentional look in the mirror and say, what is wrong with this guy right here? What, what has led to this? How am I getting here? And what are, what, are, uh, what are some things I can learn from this? So we're going to jump into it. This is um, Genesis 4, starting at verse 1, um, talking about anger. Now this is, this is probably one of the most well-known um, uh, sins committed besides Adam and Eve, right? Cain and Abel, the next one. And we know all about you know, what happened there, and, and I'm actually going to stop before Abel dies. I'm going to stop before that, because there's some stuff before that that really, really jumped out at me. Um, so let's take a look at the sacrifice. So we see this sacrifice. You know, there's, I did a lot of reading and a lot of research, and like, uh, there's so many opinions out there about as far as why God was upset about uh, Cain's sacrifice versus Abel's sacrifice. Um, and we get, a, we get a little snippet of that, but I don't know that the, it's there in its entirety. Um, uh, maybe some of y'all are convinced one way or another that this is exactly why it was, but we do have some, some, some evidence later on through Scripture that we'll see that. But um, I'm going to start reading in Genesis 4, verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord, and also brought, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and by their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Um, so we see, you know, again, just so much is packed into these couple verses, and my mind was just you know, running with what, what all happened before this. What were, what were in Abel and Cain's, what were their, um, what was their life before that? You know, would, would have Adam and Eve told them the story about the garden and how they, like how, how much would have that affected Cain's outlook on life? Because I read this and I just wonder, was there, was it, was there more things that made Cain upset than just the sacrifice? Um, and, and I, and I really, I'm, I mean, that's all we have right here. But I just wondered, was there thoughts of, of ever, was he out there, you know, working the ground? And it says that he liked to do that. But was he ever out there doing it and just getting frustrated with the thorns and the thistles and the ground being hard? Was he ever really upset about that? Um, and, and did that add to his frustrations of life? I, I don't know that exactly, but it crossed my mind this week. Um, but we get a clear, I, um, with, without, there's no doubt that God appreciated Abel's offering, but not Cain's. It's pretty evident, right? As far as exactly how it was. Um, we do know that with Abel's sacrifice, it was, it was, his first, it was the firstborn um, of the flock. It, it had the fat, you know, that would have been the, 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 the most uh, tasty, the best part of the, um, of the animal. Um, so we know that. But there's also a reference into Hebrews. Hebrew, Hebrews 11.4 makes mention of this, um, of this sacrifice. And this is, this, is what it, um, this is what it says about it. This is Hebrews 11. So we're in the faith chapter. And we see verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So, so this is a, a New Testament thing, talking about an Old Testament story, right? 
And we see that Abel was a righteous man and he did it by faith and his sacrifice was more excellent than Cain's. So there is definitely a difference between the sacrifices. Uh, Cain's sacrifice, on the other hand, you know, it was from the fruit of the ground. Um, you know, if, it's, if he was a gardener or, a, or a, a farmer, if that's what he was, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that have been good enough? Like, why, why wouldn't that have been, why, would have, why was God upset about that? Um, I don't know. But he clearly, clearly did not respect Cain's offering. And then we get a little snippet, and this is the first find that we find, that we really know about Cain. We know that he was the firstborn, right? We know that he was a, a farmer. And we know that he was angry. We find that out in these first couple verses. At the end of verse um, at the end of verse 4, it says, And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And now these are the verses, these next couple verses are what brought this all about. That we see that the Lord says to Cain, this is before Abel dies, this is before all this. And if, and if the story had just stopped at these couple verses, how much different would their lives have been? But it doesn't, unfortunately. But this is, this, is, this is after the sacrifice, and after Cain gets angry, the Lord says to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? He asks another question. If you do well, will you not be accepted? So there clearly was an understanding um, that Cain did not do well. Uh, we know from, from another reference in, um, in, this is in 1 John 3, verse 12. It also brings up this thing of Cain and Abel again. And in there it says, it says what, what was, well, I should probably just turn to that so I get this right. Uh, this is 1 John 1 John 3, verse 12. Not as Cain, he's saying don't be like this, uh, but not as Cain who was wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? So this is, again, this is actually a pretty big question. So why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. So this is before he murders Abel. So why did he murder him? It wasn't because this statement was, well, Cain was evil. No, he's called this, he said his deeds were evil. Why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. So there's clearly a, a difference between the two sacrifices. Um, and, and then God asks these questions. Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And if you do well, will you not be accepted? Um, Pretty heavy stuff. That is the title of the message this morning. Why are you angry? Um, I, I'm sure that uh, each one of us, I know some of the things that each one of us have lived with or dealt with or experienced in our lives. Plenty of reasons to be upset about things, right? At some form or, or fashion. Um, plenty, of, plenty of reasons to be angry. But I... I like the interaction with, that God has with Cain before Abel, before the horrible decision to kill his brother, that, that God is asking Cain these questions right there. Why, why, are you, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? Don't you know that if you do what's right, you'll be accepted? Like, that these questions came about before um, Abel died. And that's something that I never really thought about before these last couple weeks. Those questions, I knew all these verses. I've read them, I've heard them. But I'm like, this was before Abel died. Not only did Cain make a horrible decision to kill his brother, but it was premeditated. 
that, that the God, the creator of the universe, actually asked him some questions, and it doesn't say that Cain responded at all. And that's probably one of the biggest things that jumped out at me when I was reading this. That God says some things. What did that sound like? Did, did, did Cain hear them? Did Cain recognize it to be true and still closed off his mind to that truth? That, that, and then the next couple, the next phrase is really interesting. God continuing with this, and he says, If you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. There's some verses in the New Testament that sound a lot like that. Y'all think of any of them? Uh, one of them was with, with Peter. Um, I, I like how the Jesus said, this is the last night um, that, that Jesus said to Peter, he said, the, de- the devil desires to sift you like wheat. It sounds a little bit like the devil's at the door. Um, and, and if you do well, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But then he makes a statement, but you should rule over it. Now, have you ever heard, you know, you've heard of anger management. Control your anger. Um, this idea here is recognizing the power and the severity of not controlling anger. And then we see what happens. Moving forward, uh, because of his anger, because, his, his, because of his evilness, as First John says, um, that it says, verse 8, that Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and he came to pass, and when they were in the field, that Cain rose up and killed his brother. Anger was there before that. Now, I'm not implying that, that I think somebody here is, is angry and is going to hurt somebody. Um, that's between you and God. But there's so much to this that really started working in my mind that there is something so directly connected with, with not listening to what God is telling us and, and tragedy, disaster in our lives. Because there was clearly this connection that Cain had the opportunity to not just, not just make that horrible choice about killing his brother, but had the choice to, to deal with the anger. And that's the part that I'm like, that's when my mind started going. Like, what all was he dealing with? What was happening before this? But he was clearly upset about this. And we see the results of unchecked anger. And you all could probably point, maybe in your own life, but I'm guessing you could point to people around you, people in, in our country, in the world, that you could point to and say, that's because they didn't deal with their anger. This happened because they did not deal with their anger back here. And the weight of that um, really made me thinking that, that it matters, even if we don't do something drastic, whatever drastic is. But the idea of saying something that you regret, um, and of course, doing something you regret, but the idea of... of of not being able to take words back, idea of not being able to um, um, go back in time and deal with those things. So the results of his anger, we see that, that he kills his brother in verse 8, but Cain's life, so he not only took his brother's life, but Cain's life was, was forever totally changed because of, obviously, the punishment to that. But these are the things that it says because of that. So I'm going to start reading. Um, and I'm even kind of skipping the actual, because there's a lot of stuff there about where's, my, where's your brother? And, and his blood's calling out from the ground. Like, I'm even going to skip that and just go straight to his punishment. But this is what, um, this is, what is punishment. 
So now you are cursed from the earth. This is verse 10. So now you are cursed from the earth from which it opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on earth. His life was forever changed. The thing that he not only um, probably was good at, but was actually, actually enjoyed doing, um, that was taken from him because of that. Because of his choices of unchecked anger. The next couple verses is actually how I got um, started reading in these verses is about the, the mark on Cain. And there's a Sunday school class that's supposed to happen next week that we're going to be talking about that. So that's how that all came about. They're not here, so they don't know that. Um, but there's another example, and I thought this was really, really interesting. There's another example uh, of a guy in one of the most famous stories in the Bible. Let, let's, I'm, I'm going to see if somebody can get this. What, what do you think one of the most common or one of the most famous stories in the Bible? Jonah, that's a good one. That's not that. Goliath. Goliath. So we are two. We got the second one. One of the most famous stories is of David and Goliath. Um, and there is something that, that when my studies, it came out in this way. And I want you, I want, maybe y'all can know it. If it's about anger, let's see if somebody can get it here. Let's see if somebody gets the heads up on it. But this is 1 Samuel 17. Another example of somebody whose end unchecked anger and maybe frustrations of life, because it, I mean, turned into this, like this, the bad guy, and turned into somebody that, like, after he said these things, I wonder if there was a point where this guy said these things later on, and he's like, I cannot believe I said those things. 1 Samuel 17 is the whole story of, of David and Goliath, right? Most famous stories in the Bible. You know the, you know the background, right? That, that David was taking care of the sheep, and it wanted the, his brothers went off to war with Saul, and um, his father said, hey, can you take this to, to your brothers? What was it? Um, cheese and bread or something like that? Um, so go take them. So he gets there, and while he's there, he hears Goliath make the statement that he's been making for the last 40 days, right? Um, so he gets there, um, and he hears this, and he... David is, is un, he's like, well, who's going to do something about this guy? Um, and what's going to happen to the guy who takes care of it, right? And then that's where, it, so, so David made this statement to some people. Um, uh, where is it at? Let's, verse 26. David spoke to the man who stood by saying, what shall be done for this man who kills a Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? What should be done for this guy? And then they say to him, so, um, uh, about his, his, about his father's house and, and, and um, his daughter will be given to this person. Um, and then we meet this guy, which we actually met him one time, if you're reading the Bible in order. We met him before. I'm going to call him Eliab. There's a, different people say Eliab. I'm going to just say Eliab because I'm English. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And I read that, I'm like, but, but what, what, did, what did David do that brought this on? And, and then this idea was brought to me, I was listening to something, and this idea was brought to me that, was there some unchecked anger in Eliab's life? Now again, we're doing... You know, we're kind of speculating, and I understand that. But think about different reasons why Eliab would have been upset before this point. 
Does anybody know of what they could have been? There's one reason real in particular. Why would Eli have been upset with David right here? It has to do with anointing of oil. Anybody know? Eliab had been passed. He was the first one passed over because he's the firstborn. God told Samuel, the prophet, go to the family of Jesse and there's going to be somebody there. He's going to be king. Eliab's the oldest, the strongest, the best good looking, the most experienced in life perhaps. And, and Samuel's perspective was this probably is the guy. And God said it's not him. I don't know... If, if that's what boiled up inside of Eliab, like was there ongoing things? And because of a statement that David means, meets here, uh, says in a little bit, it makes me think that maybe this has happened before. Maybe there's some angst in this relationship. So Eliab is upset and he starts saying things that I wonder or I hope he regretted. And these are some things that Eliab says. He said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and insolence of your heart, for you have come down just to see the battle. You came down just to see the action. But there's some things in there. If you unpack a little bit what he says, there's some heavy things in there. He said, why have you even come down here? In other words, you don't even belong here. You're the little boy. And, and, and not only does he kind of imply that you're the little boy who stood have stayed back taking care of the sheep, but he actually says those few sheep. He's, he's ridiculing even David's, what we know of David up to this point. He's a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He killed a lion. He killed a sheep, which he gave the credit to God. Or a lion and a sheep. Did he kill the lion and the sheep? He probably killed a few sheep. The lion and the bear. I think David's done a pretty good job of taking care of the sheep. But some reason, Eliab throw, like just throws that out there. Not only should you not be here, but the thing you're actually doing at home isn't worth nothing. It's not even special. You're no good. You can take care of a few sheep. So what? When we actually know the truth that a lion and a bear were, uh, were attacking the sheep at different times. And, and he says through God's help, we find this later on, when he actually has this conversation with Saul. And it, it really made me think, like, you're reading this little glimpse, and we, and we, you know, there's so much things in Scripture and so many beautiful things that we see and the way that God shows up in different ways. But we also see sin show up in different ways, and we see anger. And, and I wonder if there was something stewing inside of Eliab for all these years. I should have been the one anointed. And perhaps some of his anger was out of realizing that David is about to do or willing to do something that nobody else had done, including Eliab, and that stand up to Goliath. Was there some anger out of that? Were some of these statements he said out of that, perhaps? And then David's response, this is what makes me think that it's happened more than once. Now, this is the way this translation reads it. And it says, and David said, what have I done now? Now, it wasn't like, what have I done? Why are you so angry at me? He, the, the word now is in there, implying, at least to me, that this has happened before. What have I done now? What, what have I done to upset the big brother this time? And then David 
basically ignores him and goes back to asking questions, which leads to the conversation with, with Saul, which leads to delivering the children of Israel in that way through God's help. Eliab's on the wrong side of history on that one, isn't he? What happens, do you think, later that day, later that week? Do you think Eliab, like, did a self-evaluation and said, what is wrong with me? Or did it keep going? Or was sin at the door? Um, and did he continue to allow it there? Um, I think it's really interesting how God, the creator of the universe, directly connects the anger that Cain was experiencing to more sin, or, or, and which we know they end up taking his brother's life. There is a phrase, and, and that's why I've, I've, I've belly ached enough this morning about the, the tough year. And I recognize in the big picture things, we've, we are blessed. And I'm, 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 I'm telling that in front of you all so God can hear it. Um, we are incredibly blessed. Every one of those problems that we've had this year is because we have stuff and things. Um, and I recognize that. But I also recognize the, the, the hold of, of anger and frustration in my life um, and the desire for that um, to go away. Because we know that terrible things can happen. So with saying those tough things, the bad things that's happened, there's this phrase that I read this week that made the statement, anger can be dragging your past into your future. And I realize that's kind of what I've done this year. Every time another thing breaks, another thing happens, well, here it is again, another difficulty, another, and rather than saying the the. The air conditioner's been fixed. The car's been fixed. The tile's been fixed. Rather than saying that stuff is taken care of, I bring it back up and say, it's another terrible thing to add to my terrible year. And when I read that phrase, boy, I was convicted. Because every time I've said that, I'm dragging my past into my future. Rather than saying, nope. Those things have been dealt with and taken care of. Now those are material things. But now get real and put it into the personal and the relational and the spiritual side of your life. How many of those things, through anger, are we dragging right into the future when it, we should have left it at the cross, right? Ephesians, well, let's start with James. Let me read a couple of verses here. We're going to close. James uh, 1.19. <clears throat> and, and start looking at Ephesians 4, if you all... Um, Good. I have two. I got a lot of markers in here. Let's see if we can get the last one. James 1, 19 and 20. New Testament stuff right here. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce righteousness. Now we I've heard I've heard Ball players say, well, I, I got angry in it and it helped me do better or whatever. Um, uh, there might be a form of motivation that could help in certain situations, but it's this time about the righteousness of God and the wrath of man will not bring about the righteousness of God. Will not produce that. Pretty heavy, right? Um, now let's go to Ephesians 4, 
25. I'm going to read these last couple verses. Ephesians 4, 25. It is a whole bunch of things, and it ties it in with our neighbor and in forgiveness. So listen to all these things. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, which sounds a lot like don't let the devil hang out at the door, right? Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now here's the list of things. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I also heard this phrase this week, that the anecdote for anger is forgiveness. The anecdote for anger is forgiveness. Now, I'm not specifically talking about interpersonal relationships with anger with other people exactly, even though that's a part of this. I'm thinking more of just the the things that happen in life. But the anecdote, the, the resolution for anger is forgiveness. And so then I started thinking of the different things that could be connected to that. Um, yeah, I understand about forgiving another person. That I, I totally understand that. But what about, what about a sense of forgiveness that we could have. Now, y'all might think I'm getting a little new agey here. We can check that on me in Sunday school. But what about, but about asking forgiveness for th- the bad things that happen to us in life that's not really brought about by a certain person? It's just the nature of living on an earth that is cursed by sin? Like, what about, what, what if there would be a certain sense, the same way we would, if somebody does something to you and hurts you, you recognize the need for forgiveness, right? We've all, we've, all ex, we've all extended that to people, and we've also had people extend that to us. But what if there would be a sense in us that would say, you know what, that shower tile that broke, I would like it, I could come up with, maybe this is a reason it happened. But I'm not 100% convinced. And, and um, even though I'm going to try to do things different next time, I'm not going to use that drill bit again. But what if, what if I could recognize that and rather, rather than sitting on the chair and pouting about how my life just got my next day and it messed up my schedule, what if I would be able to say, because of the, the, the earth that we are living in that's cursed by sin, because of that, what if I could recognize and tie that in with the forgiveness that, that I've received too? Does that make sense? I don't know if that totally makes sense to you. Like, like what, if, what if a part of that, <clears throat> when I go and stand before my Savior and I ask for forgiveness, like what if, what if, I would, what if I'd bring that with it? What if I'd bring the, the, this ain't coming out quite exactly the way I wanted it to. What if I could recognize that some of the sin that I have committed is impacted by the the curse of sin. And that all of it needs forgiven. And ultimately it will be. The anecdote for anger 
is forgiveness. And the place where anger is resolved and defeated is called the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where, that's where, it, and so much more than just interpersonal, but this idea really came to me this week. Not just that, but all these tough things or bad things or, or broken things. What if I could tie that in and recognize it in the same way for me, but the same way that Christ has restored and resolved and defeated this anger. And even though there's maybe reasons to be upset and frustrated in life, and I recognize that, ultimately... All that is resolved and defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ. Um, I played the song. The little hand, the big hand. Oh, we're past. Um, let's play that song, Ken. I have it sitting up there, um, and, I, and I hope you all can get the correlation. Now, the song doesn't talk about forgiveness per se, but it talks about the purpose and, er- and the resolve and the defeat of anger and sin happened on the cross. And this song is about that. Uh, it should still be up unless you exit out of it. Um, and then once that's done, we'll just go straight to Sunday school. Once that's done. I'm going to close with prayer, Ken, and then you play that song, and then we'll just go to Sunday school. Father God, I thank you so much for your forgiveness. Not just for, not just for me, but for, for uh, all of us. God, thank you so much for that. And thank you, God, for the challenge Um, that it is this morning and to read these scriptures and to see how important it is to to deal with our anger, um, to deal with frustrations and to give them to you. Um, We see the correlation between anger and and, and other sins moving forward and and we do ask God that you would you would just show us those those areas um, things that we need to pursue relationships we need to make better, but also just the forgiveness that we need to ask. Um, maybe we've not done anything terrible, terrible, but maybe we've said some things that are very unkind out of our anger and out of our frustration, Lord, that you would show them to us um, and that we would ask forgiveness for them. God, thank you so much for resolving this. Um, yeah, we're still on a sin-cursed earth, but we have the cross of your Son, and we're so grateful for that, Lord. Um, And moving forward with that, we recognize that there will come a day um, when all these frustrations, anger, and sin will be gone. And we can't wait for that day, Father. Do ask God that you bless us and lead us as we go from here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.